Welcome to our worship this Sunday, 14th of May, 2023. I don't know whether it's the little bit of sunshine that we've been having recently, but it started me thinking about holidays. And so we're departing from the lectionary this week and doing something a little bit different. I don't know if you ever remember, maybe you were at Sunday school and, and had things called object lessons where you looked at different things and drew the lessons out from them. Well, this is kind of a bit like that. We're thinking about journeying. We're thinking about traveling, the joys and trials of traveling. We did quite a bit of traveling one way and another. Uh, we lived in India for 12 years working. And so when we were there, we had lots of opportunities to travel around and we visited lots of places. We made friends in different parts of the world and went and saw them and went to weddings and things like that. And then one of our daughters has settled in the USA. Uh, she settled there uh, 10, 15 years ago. And uh, so obviously that's another place that we've travelled to. So forgive me if it sounds like we're name-checking lots and lots of places we've been, but it just happens that that's the way life has worked out for us travel has brought lots of pleasures lots of joys but also lots of trials and uh, we'll be thinking about them and no doubt as we think about them you might think of some experiences you've had uh, things you've enjoyed things you haven't enjoyed experiences that this might remind you so as we start thinking about this summer season we're thinking about traveling what do we need for the journey and what should we leave behind traveling features a lot in the bible we'll read something about abraham in a minute but there's lots of others think about jacob uh, moses and traveling across the desert with all the people of israel Ezra and Nehemiah returning from their exile in Babylon, travelling back to their homeland, to say nothing of Paul gallivanting around the whole known world. It's a well-known expression that Christians are on a journey. We are pilgrims making our way towards the golden city, as Bunyan wrote about. So let's start by listening to that great song, To Be a Pilgrim. Discouragement shall make him once relent his first of all intent to be a pilgrim. 
dismal stories do but themselves confound his strength or is no foe can stay his might though he with giants fight he will make good his right to be a Let's read from Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he'd been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, Descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. That's Hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 to 13. Nice to see a reference to living in tents. Lots of our holidays have featured living in tents. And the sand on the seashore, lots of our holidays have featured beaches as well. Now, when Abraham was travelling, you didn't need a passport or a visa. But passports and visas and customs and travel insurance are all things that feature heavily in our travel nowadays. It used to be a real experience getting your visa for India. The only way to do it was to go down to Birmingham, 
to this mayhem of an office. You had to have multiple forms filled in that were somewhat opaque. You had to have your photograph taken in a particular format, which is not the same one that we have passport photos taken in uh, for most purposes. And you're queuing up and you're called forward and you're, you're asked why you need a visa. We were going on work visas, of course, and... Um, there was one particular guy who just looked at us and said, we don't need teachers in India. I said, well, you know, uh, with all respect, I don't think that's a, a call for you to make when you're a bureaucrat sitting on a desk in Birmingham. I think that's something that the powers that be back in India might have something to, uh, something to say about that. But we've had some really hairy experiences including one where they couldn't give us a visa the same day and we were flying to america the next day so we asked for it back and oh, then weren't sure they could give us our passports back and we're sitting there with our heads in our hands wondering what's going to happen anyway as these things do they worked out a few years ago we went back to india and were stunned to find that there is an online electronic visa application that we bashed through and did in no time at all and the visa came through within days. That's not the India I know. So what do visas and passports tell us about the kingdom of God? Well, uh, you do need something like a visa. You need, do need something like a passport. Bible says there's a narrow gate and only those who choose to go through that gate can enter. You've got to have particular credentials. The gate's wide enough for anyone who wants to go through, but narrow enough that you don't stumble into it by accident without making a deliberate choice. When we uh, apply for visas, there's a couple of questions that uh, come up that are, I think are relevant. First of all, it says, what's your nationality? And, and of course, if you're a citizen of the country you wish to enter, then you don't need a visa. Uh, just prove that you're a citizen and you have the free right to enter. For us, of course, we're citizens of heaven. Have you been born again? Have you been born into the kingdom of God? Because if you have, the kingdom of God is wide open for you. Another question they ask is, what's the purpose of your visit? Are you just a tourist or do you want to truly settle and make this your home? And that's a question we could certainly ask ourselves about our Christian experience. Are we people who desire to make the kingdom of God our home? Or are we people who just potter in now and again, pay a visit, have a look around and then go back to our own country, the world. Worth asking ourselves that question. We're going to intersperse these thoughts with some songs, of course, and I've delved around into my own memory and into uh, some of the classic songs and less well-known songs about journeying. So there's going to be a little bit of a folky country kind of feel to some of these songs. Here's one, uh, and a, a very old kind of 
Appalachian folk country song called Palms of Victory. I used to sing this years and years ago and it just came back to my mind. Hope you enjoy it. Palms of Victory. Struggling up the mountain, it seemed that he was sad. His back was laden heavy, his strength was almost gone. Yet he shouted as he journeyed, deliverance will come. Then palms of victory, crowns of glory, palms of victory, I shall wear. The summer sun was shining, the sweat was on his brow. His garments worn and dusty, his steps seemed mighty slow. But he kept pressing onward, for he was going home. Still shouting as he journeyed, deliverance will come. Then palms of victory, crowns of glory, palms of victory, I shall. thing you think about when you're traveling of course is is packing what do you take what don't you take there's a story of settlers crossing the rockies and in the early days of the u.s when everyone was pushing westward and going across towards the pacific and of course these were people who took with them all the, all the possessions all they thought was important to them and apparently if you followed through the trail all the way along you could see items that had been discarded grand pianos all sorts of things that people thought i really need this for my new life but when push came to shove and when the journey got difficult they found there was an awful lot that they didn't really need our lives can be a bit like that we acquire all sorts of things and we set our hearts on all sorts of things whether it's possessions, money, houses, uh, jobs, hobbies, put your own list in there. 
But as the journey goes on and as things get uh, more and more focused on what we're actually here for, some of these things lose their importance in our sight and we begin to discard the things that don't really matter. Think of the rich young ruler that Jesus spoke to and he went through the list of all the things that he had that qualified him for the kingdom of God. One thing you lack, Jesus says, give away all you have and give your money to the poor and then come and follow me and then you can enter the kingdom of God. I don't think it was a blanket message to everyone to do exactly that, but it was focused on that particular guy and his baggage was love and security of money. You can't bring that into the kingdom of God. The certain things you're just not allowed to bring in, certain things you have to discard. I remember entering the US the first time we went and unfortunately being from Liverpool, sadly I have to try and make jokes all the time. So the customs officer looked at me and he went through the list of uh, things that you're not allowed to bring. And he finally said, uh, are, you, are you bringing any firearms into the country? And I replied, well, no, I thought you've got enough of your own. I, I got a dirty look from the customs officer and a, a poke in the ribs from my wife, but there you go. So here's another classic American uh, folk song. I believe this one possibly had its origins back in Scotland or Ireland with the settlers who went over to America. And you can hear the plaintiveness of people who feel that they haven't really got a true home yet and they're longing for the home that they will get to one day. This is a classic song, Wayfaring Stranger. <laughs> I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger Traveling through this world below There is no sickness, no toil nor danger In that bright land to which I go I'm going there to see my father and all my loved ones who've gone on. I'm just going over Jordan. I'm just going over home.
I know dark clouds will gather around me. I know my way is hard and steep, but beauteous fields arise before me, where God redeems their vigils keep. I'm going there to see my mother. She said she'd meet me when I come. So I'm just going over Jordan. I'm just going over home. I'm just going over Jordan. I'm just going over home. The next thing we might think about when we are traveling is how do we communicate? How do we learn the language? When we were in India, I spent 12 years making a valiant effort to learn Hindi. I got to the point where I could kind of ask directions, ask for food and cups of tea and, you know, very, very basic things, say hello, but I could never have a real conversation. When we visited America, there was a little bit of a sense of, oh, well, we'll be all right here. At least we speak the language till we actually got there. The first time we ever went to America, somebody asked us, what, what do you make of it? And I said, well, I'm struggling with the language. I said, I feel more at home in France than I do in America. He was saying, what are you talking about? Well, we know how to order food in French, but in, in America, we're struggling a little bit because even when you go for breakfast, do you have your eggs easy over or... I have no idea. I kept asking for the wrong thing and causing my daughter much hilarity. But the... The worst experience of miscommunication or failure to communicate was when we were in Tennessee with some friends and we just went into a coffee shop and we, we ordered some coffee and the waitress said, I swear this is what she said, do you want a laid with eight? And I just looked at her and, and said, I'm sorry, do you want a laid with eight? After a couple of these, getting more and more embarrassed, she, she pointed to the lid and said, do you want a lid with it? Do you want a lid with that? Oh, no, thanks. It's all right. Thank you very much. And I just gave a little smile and said, thank you. Um, a couple of minutes later, Dot piped up and said to her, we love your accent. And she turned to me because I was obviously by now the official interpreter and said, what did she say? so it cuts both ways it's easy enough to get by obviously with phrase books and particularly English is a pretty common language but it is nice to learn a few words to really 
get the full experience and, and get the, the joy of, of living and traveling in a country, it's nice to at least make an effort. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Languages of the World. Today, we're going to learn how to say hello in 30 different languages. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to the channel and leave a comment below saying I subscribe in the language you speak. Now, let's get started. Marhaban. Ohe. Hello. Ni hao. Bonjour. Hallo. Namaste. Namaste. Ciao. Konnichiwa. Hallo. Namaskara. Annyeonghaseyo. Hello. Namaskar. Marhaba. Namaskar. Salam. Cześć. Hola. Satriakan. Здравствуйте. Hola. Namaskaram Sawaddi Merhaba Vitayu Hello Because when you're living in the kingdom of God, you also have to learn a new language. I don't mean you have to learn to speak like the authorised version with these and those. Hopefully we're past that. But there are certain things that need to change in our language. James and Paul both tell us that our tongues need to be filled with grace and our communication with others should be edifying, not destructive. Peter says this, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. So if your language has been a bit deceptive and and a bit nasty, then you need to learn a new language when you join the kingdom of God. Finally, brothers, Paul says in Corinthians, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace and the love of 
the God of love and peace will be with you. So it's a language of love and peace, not hatred and discord. And that's important that we learn that language. Because there's another important language to, to learn, and that's the language of prayer. If we want to live in the kingdom of God, we have to become familiar with speaking to the king. He's accessible and he wants to hear from us. We need to learn words of praise, of thanks and of petition. I don't know if you struggle with finding words in prayer. Like any language, you need to build up your vocabulary. How can we do that? Well, one way of doing it is by reading the book of Psalms. It's full of language of praise, language of petition, language of uh, asking God for help in all sorts of ways. And as we become familiar with the language of the Psalms and other parts of the Bible, our vocabulary will grow and our ability to speak to God will grow. But what about when our needs and desires are too deep for words? Well, then the Spirit prays with us. Romans tells us we don't know what we ought to pray for. We can't find the words. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We've used wordless groans now and again in foreign countries when we really couldn't tell people what we wanted. And here's something else that we might like that will make our experience better. A guidebook. Where's the best places to visit? How do we get there? Where do you stay? What experiences are available? What's the local customs? It took me several visits to the US before I actually learned what the local custom is about tipping. Uh, no, it's not 10%. It's 20% if everything was okay. It's 25% if everything was really good. The first time I went there, I was trying to be generous and I took my prospective son-in-law for a meal to a place that he went to quite often. And I calculated the tip at 10% and we had this little discussion and me being a bit dumb was saying, no, no, 10% fine. And he just looked at me and said, well, I'll add a bit to that. You have to learn the local customs. What's the customs for Christians? What's the things we do? Uh, I'm not going to compare tipping to tithing. That's, uh, that's another subject. Our guidebook to the kingdom of God, of course, is the Bible. It tells us how to get there, how to live as a local, how to get help in an emergency, what delights the country has to offer. Delve into the Bible, delve into your guidebook. Of course, even better than the guidebook is a guide. We've had guides once or twice and they really do know uh, where to take you and how to get you through from one place to another in the best way. Jesus, of course, is our guide. He'll lead us to the best places. He'll keep us in times of danger. He won't let us go astray if we keep close to him. We've got to sing something there. And we've got to sing, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah.
for most of this spring we've had French students staying with us most weeks, three at a time, just for a few nights, coming and visiting the cultural centres around Liverpool and Chester. They love Liverpool, by the way, which I'm very glad about. It's good to relate to them and they, they always ask, have you been to France? Well, yeah, we've been to France quite a few times and we get a map out and we marked it with all the places we've been and all that kind of thing and it, it just helps to make that connection and the other place we explored a lot of of course was india but we still only scratched the surface it would take a lifetime to explore it fully but interestingly some of the people we worked with from you know america and places like that they didn't journey through India at all. Every time there was a holiday, they'd fly off somewhere. They'd either fly off back home or they'd fly off to some other part of the world. We did that now and again. But to me, it makes no sense to live in a country if you don't explore it as much as you can. That's a mistake we can make as Christians. We live in the kingdom of God, but we don't know its boundaries, its peaks, its troughs. We haven't explored all the nooks and crannies and all the interesting places that we can go. We have the guidebook, but it's often just left on the shelf. We have millions of fellow citizens, yet we're not really always that interested in their lives. We even have an accessible king, but we hardly take the trouble to visit the royal palace and spend time there. When the Israelites arrived in Canaan, the promised land, the first thing they did was send people to map it out and see what was there. As we close, I'd just suggest that we might like to map out the kingdom of God in our lives and in the world and begin to explore it for ourselves. Let's not be tourists let's be settlers let's enjoy the land that we're living in even as we're citizens of two countries at the same time citizens of heaven but also citizens of the country we live in sometimes not easy to combine those two things but for today let's think about our citizenship in the kingdom of god Let's make sure we've got our passports. Let's make sure we consult our guidebooks. Let's make sure we pack for the journey and only take what we need. And let's make sure we learn the language as we go through. May God bless us. Amen.
Let's end with a prayer and a benediction. This is from a great explorer of times past, Sir Francis Drake. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we've lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we've ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we've allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes, and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope and love. Amen.